Welcome to another episode. I am B, and this is the Sussex Set. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. And here we are, closing out another year. This year has been pretty hellish for most people, uh, but I hope it's been at least, I hope you had some good moments as well. But certainly, it's been a great year for our faves. And I'd also say it's been a great year for the Sussex Squad as a whole. I mean, because name a better group of people uh, or name a better fandom, <laughs> I should say. But uh, speaking of which, shout out to Sussex Squad, like shout out to Sussex Squad podcast, Tina, Michelle, you guys, you know, I love you guys um, for putting together the Squadathon. What an amazing event that was. And I, I was just telling Tina, I look, I just want to be a fan. And I really enjoyed listening to the conversation f- for the times that I was able to duck in into it for that period of time. Incredible conversation, both in the chat and on the actual audio. Uh, and well done to everybody just promoting that on social media. That is a phenomenal amount to raise in such a short time span. And for a great cause. We know the Invictus Games was delayed this year for obvious reasons. Was very much looking forward to that in May, but some, I mean, the regular Olympics was canceled. So um, everything was canceled. (laughs) I read a tweet that said, uh, 2020 is basically January, February, quarantine, December, which is true. So uh, we definitely look forward to the Invictus Games picking back up in some fashion in 2021 and in whatever small way I hope the donations that we all put forth for that squadathon helps get even if just a handful of the veterans that want to participate in those Invictus games to the Hague so that they can participate in whatever way they can so uh, of course, shout out to the Invictus Games. We love what you do. We have always admired the effort and the dedication that these people put toward helping veterans, not just in competition and in sport, but in all the ways that we never get to see. So shout out to them. Shout out to Sussex Squad. As always, y'all are amazing as hell. You want to know what else is amazing as hell? Just how quickly Harry and Meghan are expanding their empire. What? Like, I real deal can barely keep up at this point. (laughs) Not gonna lie. (laughs) Not gonna lie. But it's so great. It's so refreshing to see how quickly they have decided that not only are they just going to become financially independent, they said, you know what, why don't we just become super rich <laughs> in the process? Uh, so, of course, let's start with the Spotify deal. That wasn't the first that we heard of another. Obviously, it was Netflix, right? Uh, but then we also heard about the Clever News. But then the Spotify News is really what got everybody all abuzz. And not even just Sussex Squad, but everybody who listens to podcasts. Uh, I love the idea of... Prince Harry and Meghan Markle being a podcast duo. It's it's really only right. Do you know what I mean? Especially given all they've gone through in the last 
couple of years where their voices have been silenced, now we get to hear their actual voices on a regular basis. To what extent? That remains to be seen. But still we get to hear their point of view on things firsthand. Firsthand. So we first saw news of this on Tuesday with the inclusion of Harry and Meghan's two-minute teaser uh, for their podcast. But I hope what doesn't get lost is that Archwell Audio is actually a production company. So whatever their podcast is or whatever it's called, it might be called Archwell Podcast, whatever, you know, but it's a production company. So that means they might have multiple podcasts that they're not even involved with that are brought to you through Spotify and a joint partnership with Archwell Audio, which falls under the umbrella of Archwell. Boss, hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Is this thing on? We're talking boss moves. All right? Because the little two-minute clip was cute. But Harry and Meghan are actually bringing you something bigger. That's what I think. Given that they have multiple things that they are going to present to the world post-corona that give us a clearer picture of what their ultimate goals may be. And so the Netflix deal notwithstanding, this deal alone, which the number $40 million has been floated out there, this deal alone would have made them financially independent. And they've actually said from the very beginning that there's nothing more important to them than storytelling. And story is huge when it comes to getting your point across getting your ideas and uh, the narratives across that you want people to pay attention to, especially regarding your charitable efforts. And also, Spotify is a big dog in the podcast game. It really is. It used to be where your podcast didn't exist unless it was on Apple because Apple Apple invented the podcast. They did that. Uh, so if you had an Apple device, most people will listen on an iPhone or in the old days, an iPod, the podcast, right? Do you get it? So while Apple still controls a big portion of the podcast market, Spotify has gobbled up the other portion, and it's a sizable one. And what Spotify has to its advantage is pretty much a track record of getting huge names to sign exclusive deals. And Harry and Meghan are just the latest to do that. You may recall Michelle Obama started a podcast exclusively on Spotify. So uh, this is another way that Harry and Meghan are following in the footsteps of the Obamas. And everybody loves the Obamas. So honestly, I don't blame them because post-presidency, the Obamas have not set a foot wrong. They've not set a foot wrong over here. Um, You may recall Michelle Obama when she wrote her book. I remember when she went to London on her book tour and Megan was there in the background and they had a a chat backstage and things like that. Uh, Michelle Obama had the number one book 
like the best-selling book that year globally, like globally. So, and I think, you know, <laughs> Becoming is still like on the bestseller list. I would, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know that, but I'm assuming. So, uh, oh, and Barack Obama just wrote his memoirs too, and it, it went straight to number one as well. So, um, for like the 11th year in a row, Barack and Michelle are the most admired man and woman I don't know, in America, at least in America. So here, here, Harry and Meghan. I mean, it's like a no-brainer to me. Now, I had heard rumblings of possible podcasts as a part of Archwell uh, for the past few months or when they first begin to really start rolling out or at least giving more clues as to um, what would fall under the main umbrella of Archwell. But I love that Harry and Meghan, when they bring you something new or when they bring you news of something, it's usually planned in advance and it's already in action. And not only that, but it's just around the corner from actually being presented. They're not going to spend a decade on something and then come up with conclusions that are obvious, right? Others pretend to know what they're doing. And, and look, we're all in a, a state of learning. You know, life is a thing called a process. But at some point, you got to put your knowledge to action, right? Um, Harry and Meghan have done that. And I'm more impressed by Harry just because this is Meghan's game. Meghan, Meghan, comes alive in this environment. She doesn't come alive in the environment that she left. She said herself, it was barely survivable. But give her something to work on, give her something to build. Oh, it's going to be built. Yeah, it'll be built. Harry is the one who is in new territory, right? So in this way, and this is what is so beautiful to me, in this way, she's in essence, mentoring him in this new way of life because he's never actually had to do business deals. He's never had to um, rely on, you know, professionals to represent him regarding business deals and contracts. This is all brand new to Harry. But just like when Megan stepped into his world, that was all new to Megan. It was all new. And in, in that way, he mentored and guided and protected her the way he was supposed to do that. So it's it's so interesting to see how this has flip-flopped. But obviously, they're so lucky that this world that they're stepping into, they get to own themselves from the very beginning. Like they stepped into it as entrepreneurs, which you wouldn't expect anything else given their you know, their level of reach before exiting the royal family. So um, I'm super happy for them on that, especially. Because owning yourself, writing your own narrative, that gives you a sense of confidence that you just can't get anywhere else when somebody else is writing your check. But these two have worked and worked and worked through this pandemic. And in hindsight, that's even more impressive given 
this dark period that they must have gone through with what Megan shared about her miscarriage. But they have worked through that, and now they are bringing the world the beginning of their vision. This is what professionalism looks like. And that is the difference between Megan and Harry and the people who can't quite seem to get it together across the pond, even after all this time. It is professionalism. It's taking stock in your work, doing the work, and caring about the work you're doing. And you know what? Maybe that's why the other girls hate us so much. Because they know they're not on the winning team. And not that it's a competition per se, because truthfully, that's just a throwaway line. Get with the winning team. But I have always believed that your fans, your supporters, they're a reflection of you. And I don't think the contrast can get any starker. Straight talk. So, you know, just a thought, just putting it out there. Make of it what you will, girl. But, like, also, why are Harry and Meghan so cute? Like, how, who do they think they are being that cute? That's, like, my favorite part. I am so sorry. Listen, the two-minute teaser, listen to that a couple times. I smiled like a clown the whole way through. I mean, just grinning with pride, girl. I, 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 I love that they are doing this podcast. I just love hearing their voices for one. They both have beautiful voices, great podcast voices. I know Megan was swooning over Harry's podcast voice, but I love that too. Like they both sounded so genuine uh, in in what they're presenting. You know, this is one of their babies, right? They're taking everything they do with Archerwell so seriously. But then not being afraid to be themselves. It's just going to be so great because we get to, what really, if you think about it, what they're giving us, and I don't know to the extent that they will, um, like I said, do this podcast, how long will they be, what they'll be talking about. But we get to hear their dynamic in a way that we haven't often heard. Um, and I hope they get super jokey with each other <laughs> and just like, let us be a fly on the wall for like two seconds, um, which is why I love this clip so much, because it really just felt like you were in a room listening to them, even though they're delivering delivering content about what Archwell Audio is going to be about and the holiday special is coming up and all of that. But they like each other, and that cannot be faked. They really like being around each other. And I love that. I love that for them. They have such great chemistry, and I'm really looking forward to that holiday special. I hope my um, clever latte arrives in time, you feel, and I'm sure it's going to be a good time. But you know what I was thinking it must really burn Harry and Meghan's critics and the royal family that they are not only doing well, but they are exceeding their wildest dreams right now. Because in the statement they released last January or this January, they only set the goal to become financially independent. That was their goal, right? And 
They even offered half in, half out. And the royal family thinking that Harry and Meghan were going to go out into the world, fail, not considering the fact that Meghan has already been successful on her own, but uh, not only that, but that there's so much goodwill for Harry and Meghan, given that we saw what they went through. But then also they captured the world's imagination with their wedding just a few short years ago. Uh, their critics didn't bank on all of that actually paying off. And they thought they had done a good enough job of trashing them in the British press that once they left the, the fold of the royal family that I guess nobody would want anything to do with them and that they would come, you know, on their hands and knees begging to be let back in. But that didn't happen. And I guess the uh, the critics didn't have a plan B. I guess the, the royal family didn't have a plan B. The British press did not have a plan B. They just assumed that what they hoped would happen with Harry and Meghan would actually happen. And the opposite actually happened. Now, we know why they thought that Harry and Meghan would fail. It's because there's really no track record of royals exceeding, not to the level that Harry and Meghan are exceeding, outside of royal life. The track record is that royals don't know how to do anything else. Well, besides sell goods and products, just put their name and face along with the product for money because they don't have real jobs. And well, they will just come back because Gangan and the taxpayers are the ones who feed you. And as long as you're here and we're sustaining your life, then pretty much you will do what we tell you to do. And that's the way we actually like it. So consider the fact that Harry and Meghan are the first royals to have massive success away from and completely independent of the royal family. And all the time that Harry and Meghan were complaining, whether publicly or privately, at how they were treated, these same critical voices were saying, go, go. You don't want to be here? Then go. You don't like how you're being treated? Then go. You should be grateful, but since you don't want to be here, go. And I remember thinking, you know, they're holding that over Harry and Meghan's heads as if that's some kind of a threat. And that's where I knew they really messed up. And they thought that that would make them fall in line because the underlying question is, well, if you're not here, then what else are you going to do? Harry, you've never had a real job. What are you going to do? And these people barked about everything from the cost of the Frogmore Cottage renovation to Harry and Meghan's security costs when they left, when they finally left. Not to mention the clothes and the trips, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, did it ever occur to you, like, when all of that stuff was happening that they love complaining about it. They love complaining about the cost of the royals because it makes them feel like they have control. And don't get me wrong, the racism is always there. That's the, the current underneath all of the, the negative coverage. But there was always the sense of, I own you, do what I say. So they begged Megan to leave and she left. They didn't know Harry was going to go with her. They wanted her to go on her own and probably take Archie with her. They didn't expect Harry to go with her. Uh, but when they finally left, that's why that January statement was such a bombshell. Because Harry's the crown jewel. He's a case to the kingdom. 
I'm going to die on that hill. He is the keys to the kingdom. And so when he left, that's what blew the whole thing wide open. And I'd argue that the people who thought they hated Megan when she was a royal in the family as a working royal, oh boy, you can multiply that hate by about 10 now. Because she she's in the stratosphere right now. Her and her family. Uh, they wanted her to fail. They wanted her to fail when she came to the family. And then they wanted her to fail when she left the family. And they wanted to hear nothing else of her. They wanted to disappear her in whatever ways that they could. And now they can't stop seeing her face and seeing headlines about her. And so in less than a year from their announcement that they would be leaving the royal family as senior royals, they are fully financially independent. Like they are financially free. And that's a different level of freedom. No obligations to anybody other than yourself and your family and your business partners, the ones that you choose. Not these folks over here who are your supposed partners in PR just because y'all have the same bloodline. Nah, it's, well, that's done. That's that's a past chapter. And by the way, being rich does not necessarily make you financially free. It doesn't make you free in any sense. Not really. It's just a tool to get you that freedom. Because the royal family, they're rich, but they're not free. Their time is not theirs. Their money isn't even theirs. I mean, they think it is, and generally speaking, they can do what they want with it, but there's a cost to that. And that cost is directly tied to millions of other people who, again, get to complain about everything you do. And so, therefore, all of your moves in public have to be calculated. That's not the same as freedom. And they haven't gotten nearly as many taxpayer complaints as Harry and Meghan got in their short time as working royals. But they're starting to get a taste of it. You know, they're they're starting to get a taste. Meanwhile, Harry, the blood royal, the redheaded stepchild, the court jester, has made good and is building his own empire. I've never seen that word so much. Empire, the Sussex Empire, Meghan and Harry's empire. He's not selling milk in China for pennies like the queen's oldest grandson. My man's got his own company. And in less than a year's time, my man's is worth more than $200 million. And that number ain't going to do nothing but go up. I mean, the fact that Harry and Meghan dropped $130,000 cash just to match the Sussex squad for the CanFed fundraiser. By the way, what a moment. Like, when I think about it, I still can't get over it. But cash should tell you a lot about the ease with which they live. They lived in Nottingham Cottage. They lived in Frogmore Cottage. They lived in Canada. And right now, 
they live. What a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside. They have so much money that their critics are even saying, don't they have enough money? Because, see, on Gary Genetics' page, when Finding Freedom came out, he made a mockery of it talking about, he changed the title from Finding Freedom to Finding a Job. And don't you know all them critics in the comments and all the haters that we see on Twitter and just really anywhere Megan's name is mentioned? Oh, girl, they kikied and they teehed. How many jobs they got now? Honey, they are job creators is what they are. Everybody can't relate. And now you want them to slow down making money? Wait, y'all y'all said they was going to be broke. Brokey McBrokerson is what you said that they would be. They can't slow down now. This is probably their plan all along, to be quite honest, to be honest. But it's just sweeter this way. <laughs> It's just sweeter this way to, to see all of the haters. Now, what are you going to do? Some of y'all are becoming converts, which is weird. But what are you going to do? Because you know you can't stop their work ethic. And that's what's getting them the checks that they got. Yeah, they are bankable because they work hard. The royal family is not benefiting from these deals. So the argument that they're just using their titles, it's not benefiting the royal family. They would get these exact checks without those titles. Did you see the news in January when they said that they are not going to be associated with the royal family in that way anymore? So this, the excuses just run thin, but it's just so interesting to see the reaction because, you know, every couple of months we hear something big. And then we hear another big deal. And then we hear another big deal. There's going to be a point where the influence of Harry and Meghan is just accepted. It's accepted. It's like Beyonce. You don't have to like Beyonce. You don't have to like Oprah and Michelle Obama. But you cannot deny their impact. You cannot deny their influence and their ability to broker deals that most people just cannot. And possibly the sweetest thing about all of this is that Harry and Meghan are more powerful than any, in, in certain ways, than anybody in the royal family, any one of them, and including the queen. Because Harry and Meghan are a couple for now. They're a couple who understands the moment. They know how to reach people. They know how to speak the language of young people using their medium. They speak the language of now. And it's why the more they get these deals, like the Clever deal, the Netflix deal, you know, it started small with the, the Disney Plus that wasn't a deal, but that was a uh, narration project that Megan did. The more this goes on, the more you see their plan actually coming to fruition, the more people are just saying, royal family 
what's wrong with y'all to let these two people go? Because look at what they could have been doing for y'all's brand. I mean, look at what they could have been doing. Again, I feel like Harry and Meghan were going to leave at some point in the future. It wouldn't have, it definitely would not have been this soon. But since the the environment was so hostile and the royal family did nothing to ease that situation for them, what reason would they have had to stay? You know what I mean? Um, and then not to mention the history of Diana and basically that happening again, that history sort of repeating itself. Because Diana would have done in her time exactly what Harry and Meghan are doing now because she knew how to relate to people. People gravitated toward her in her lifetime, not just when she was the Princess of Wales, when she was just Lady Diana after her divorce. People still flocked to her because she just had that about her. She didn't get the chance to live that out. She was on her way to doing that, but she didn't get the chance to. And so I, I kind of also feel that Harry, in some way, he feels like he owes that to her to do that for himself. So, um, and look at the fruit of all of that hard labor. Truthfully, Harry and Meghan decide to do podcasts for Spotify and everyone in the world tweets about it. Everybody. Anything they do, this is what happens. But especially this and like the Netflix deal, everybody spread that news. Nobody does that for anything anyone in the royal family does. No one. Like, I won't say no one, but not to that scale. It doesn't happen. But for Harry and Meghan, it's Marie Claire. It's the AV Club. It's The Verge, Bloomberg, Forbes Magazine, The Guardian, The LA Times, The New York Times, The Daily News, CBS, Deadline, Hollywood, Parade Magazine, Paper Magazine, The Hollywood Reporter, The Evening Standard, The Independent, everybody, and their mom. Probably your grandma posts about it on her Facebook, too. And it's so sad that the royal family and the British press for very selfish reasons, were focused on themselves and their own ends, their own bottom line, that they didn't know how to harness that interest. They didn't know how to harness that type of attention. Harry and Meghan know how to capture the world's imagination. They are global players. They capture global attention. And that was just not utilized. And so they don't belong in the royal family because it would be a waste and I think a lot of the resentment comes from their knowledge of that, especially the family, because they don't know how to duplicate it. It is not something that can be duplicated unless you have that type of charisma, that type of personality. Oh, but they're trying. But they know they can't. And we see that they can't. And then ultimately that just results in embarrassment, for example, the Cambridges, the copiers-in-chief, they're failing in front of the world in spectacular fashion. I hadn't even talked about the COVID train tour on this podcast because I hadn't had the chance to record. But that happened. And not that I'm going to get into it, but that's a perfect example of 
the tone deafness that these two carry. And these two are the future of the monarchy. So everything they do fails because they lack the interests of other people. And even with the press's help, they're falling further and further behind on the relevant scale. And, you know, that reminds me of an article that I read a couple of weeks ago about how no matter what the royal family do, they will always lose if who they're being compared to is Harry and Meghan. I believe it was around the time that Meghan published her piece about her experience having a miscarriage. And I thought the article was spot on in examining why the royal family will always come out on the losing end of that comparison, stating, there's another danger to all of this for the monarchy beyond the PR challenge. By the way, that challenge being the world comparing them to Harry and Meghan. The royal family has always largely existed in a vacuum and has never really faced any competition as such. So what happens when there's a second royal family out there in the world embracing a wholly different approach to whom the House of Windsor can be held up against? What are the long-term consequences for the royal family if the Sussexes continue to suck up all the press oxygen and public interest? What happens to William and Kate if all of their hard work, obviously using that term loosely, is permanently overshadowed by whatever dashing, fascinating thing Harry and Meghan are up to? What happens if we get to the point where we just don't care about the firm? I'd argue we're already there. Most people are there, not the royalists and the monarchists, because that's their job. As for everybody else, nobody cares. Certainly not Americans. Let's get that straight. Let's put that out there right away. Americans don't care about that. We care about Harry and Meghan. Yeah, you got some bitter Bettys and some Karens over here who are largely conservatives and Trump fans. You got some some liberals, some white liberals out there who just can't stand Megan. But that ain't got nothing to do with the fact that she left the monarchy. That has everything to do with the fact that she's a black woman who married, who is in their eye the fine prince, who is Prince Harry. That's all they care about. Because I don't know if you got the memo. There's plenty of bigots over here. Y'all just not learning it. Y'all got them over there. But they everywhere, but especially over here. But that hatred of Megan, where I'm talking about American women, largely white American women, who may find that they hate Megan. I don't even think that's a majority. I think that's a very small percentage. But that's based on their racism. Having nothing to do with the monarchy. They don't even care about the monarchy. Because at the end of the day, Americans just don't care. But we do have a lot of media control. And so if most of what they have over here is goodwill, there's a whole lot of promotion that's going to go with that. And that's why you see Will and Kate reportedly, supposedly trying to have a TV deal of their own. Oh, now suddenly... Having a TV deal and being a senior working royal is acceptable. That's weird because it wasn't, you know, those types of things were just not acceptable when Harry and Meghan were over there. But now Will and Kate are doing 
everything they can. Since they can't control them, when they were on the inside, they tried everything they could. And not just Will and Kate. I think it was driven by Will, but certainly silenced by the institution in general. They tried everything they could. And then when they left, that game was over because they lost the ability to control the plot. And so now they're just trying to keep up. And that, my friends, is what we call karma. Because we know that's a game that they cannot even possibly win. Because they're in two separate contexts. Harry and Meghan are now private individuals. They are not funded by anybody's taxpayers. They're funded by themselves. They're paying taxes. You understand? So... All kinds of taxes at that, girl. State taxes, property taxes, income taxes. Girl, they are the taxpayer. Y'all are still taxpayer funded. Y'all are a public institution. You live a public life. All right? You get dictated to in ways that Harry and Meghan as private citizens do not And so what are you competing against? You're trying to keep up. That's because you haven't done anything to make yourself relevant or necessary in the time that you had long before Megan got there. And for the people who are hoping and praying that the so-called one-year review somehow hamstrings Harry and Meghan into coming back to where you have control over them. Coming Like, what sense would it make for them to come back? But you, somehow, y'all delusional folks are hanging your heads on that. Um, I look forward to seeing your heads continue to explode after the one-year review and after who knows what's going to happen. We don't know, but I know I'm going to laugh, okay? Um, I look forward to seeing y'all cry more after that because I just don't understand why y'all never apply logic to any of your thinking because if the environment was untenable before she got there and her friends were warning her girl don't do it and matter of fact I was surprised that Megan actually said that in that um that Africa documentary she said you know what my friends told me he's nice I bet he's nice, but you don't want this for your life. Don't do it. I'm paraphrasing. She said that, and I believe it. But if it was unfair before she got there, and then when she got there, she got to see for herself how unprotected she was and how they literally silenced her and her friends, the institution, and how the press did nothing but bully her. And then after she left, nothing but the same old coming out of the press, even though she had left and it doesn't impact her the same, it's still there. So clearly there's showing no signs of anything being different, no matter how much they beg for them to come back. And you know Harry's not coming back without his wife. But what makes y'all think that, let's just say in the off chance that they just decide to forego the Netflix deal, forego the Spotify deal, whatever Harry's working on with Apple TV, because I I feel like that's still coming. We haven't heard anything about it, but it's coming. Um, 
forego everything he he's you know doing with water bear you know just bye bye america we're gonna put the house up for sale we coming back we coming back what makes you think they're gonna treat her any differently they probably have the woman's grave already dug straight up because i feel like that's how desperate they are we just saying we're just saying she ain't been back over there and don't be surprised if when that one review one year review comes around megan's not a part of it she gonna skype in or zoom in because that's what we doing still because the pandemic's still gonna be here girl i'm not leaving my baby certainly not to look at y'all's ass I feel like that's her attitude too, but but we know it's our attitude. You feel, but um, Megan's not going back over there, and therefore Harry isn't either. He'll go for business, but he's not going to live over there anymore. Not in the context that y'all would like. And there's nothing that the Queen or Charles or Will is going to be able to do to make them less powerful than they are in this very moment. And right now, they ain't going nowhere but up. Now, what I find interesting is that some moment in the future, they will all be over there. Some major engagement, major moment, whatever, Troop in the Color, you know, post-pandemic, Troop in the Color, you know, the Queen's Jubilee, something like that. They all going to be there some at some point, even if it's just a weekend trip for the girls. But what I find interesting is there will be a dynamic shift. See, because Megan doesn't see herself in the context that they value. But her status as a global figure since her exit from that realm, it's increased. Her value has increased as a global citizen, as a figure. She is iconic. Okay, so that just I think that would just make them resent her more because really Harry and Meghan's net worth is really... I mean, it's probably less than Charles because he has a Duchy of Cornwall, less than the Queen's. But it's higher than literally everybody else's when that might not have been the case before they left. Oh, to be a fly on the wall, because I'm sure my girl is taking none of their BS. And whenever that day comes, I'm looking forward to it. But I guess Rona said we still got to wait. But uh, let me talk about the clever investment. Now, the first I heard about any of this was on Oprah's Instagram. Someone actually posted a tweet of Oprah's Instagram. I think it was Chris. And I love the flex. She said, you know, my neighbor M sent me this basket of goodies. Yes, that's M, crown emoji. (laughs) Uh, And I love it. I love it. First of all, can I just weep for a second? Like, I know Oprah is Oprah. But imagine being neighbors with Meghan and Prince Harry. Neighbors. Then imagine yourself being neighbors with Oprah. Like neighbors. Hi, neighbor. What? 
I can't quite wrap my head around how ballerific that must feel. <laughs> like, like you know, just a few years ago, Megan was, you know, just like minding her business in Toronto, doing the Suits episodes every day. And now she's neighbors with Oprah. <laughs> like, but Oprah gets to be neighbors with Megan. Like, I'm sorry. I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around it. But anyway. Like, how wealthy do you have to be to live in Montecito? Like, you gotta, you gotta be balling, seems like. At least to live on, on their side of the tracks, you feel me? But can I just say that Oprah is so rich? Do you guys know the story of how she bought her house? Quick tangent here. Um, so Oprah was riding through the neighborhood. This is her story, like her telling of the story. She was riding through the neighborhood and... She saw this beautiful house on these beautiful grounds and with this beautiful fountain. And Oprah said she walked up to the door, knocked on the door, said, hi, I'm Oprah. I love your house. Would you consider selling it? And they said, that's very flattering. Thank you. But no, this is where we live. Uh, this is home for us. And we put a lot into it. Um, again, thank you. But no, thank you. Oprah said she pulled out her checkbook and wrote a check for $50 million. And she said, would you consider selling it now? They said, we'll be out by tomorrow. And that's how Oprah got the house that she lives in. <laughs> now, now, they might not have said we'll be out by tomorrow. But they don't live in it now. You feel me? And Oprah moved in soon after that. So, um, ballerific. Anyway, back to Oprah's Instagram. Oprah posted her basket of goodies from her neighbor, uh, Megan. And Oprah is such a good salesperson. Like she showed all of the, the different flavors that she was sent and which one was her favorite. I think she says like the golden chai latte or golden super latte. Whichever one, that's the one that I bought probably just because Oprah said it was her, her favorite, not going to lie. Uh, but, you know, great advertisement there. And next thing I know, I look on Twitter and everybody's posting that Megan is a startup investor for Clever Blends, which was the uh, is the maker of the ones that Oprah was advertising. And I was like, oh, wow, that's super cool. And it turns out right along with everything that Megan's about, it's a female owned company. And as this is a fact that I actually did know uh, for years, just that female led companies don't get as much startup capital. Uh, they don't have as much available to them from investors. And Megan doing what she does best with all this money she has at her disposal is supporting a female led business and female owned business. I, I absolutely love this woman and I just have to stand and applaud her because she puts her money where her mouth is quite literally quite literally and you know you you have to respect someone who tells you who they are but then who shows you and those two things match over and over and over again so I like many people in the squad went to the Clever Blends website and ordered my my chai latte and um you also have to order the, the frother if you don't already have one. I don't, but I got one now. 
Um, it is on the expensive side, you know, but it's boutique you know, and I really look forward to drinking it <laughs> and, uh, of course, learning more about this company. But other, it really, um, what I hope it did for a lot of people is pick people's interest in companies just like that. Doesn't matter whether it's like a superfood type of company or some tech company or just something that females or women are doing that doesn't get noticed until something like this happens. But we can explore and sort of either invest in our own right or promote female-led initiatives, businesses, entrepreneurs, things like that. Um, And hopefully other people who have her kind of cash, other women do the same exact thing, men or women. I think Alexis Ohanian is always promoting females, particularly those in STEM fields, whether they are students uh, or girls learning to code or uh, women in tech. He's always promoting. So I I hope other entrepreneurs see what Megan is doing. Not that she's the first, but she certainly is someone whose moves are highly publicized. I hope they follow her lead and I hope this becomes something that is such a trend that it's no longer newsworthy. It's just something that we do or that people do because I, God knows I ain't got that kind of money, (laughs) but it would be nice. It would be nice just to like write an email to some, you know, female startup company CEO and be like, girl, let me bless your business. How much money you need (laughs) or how much money would, would help others invest in you? But Megan released a statement when the news of her investment broke, and that statement said, this investment is in support of a passionate female entrepreneur who prioritizes building community alongside her business. I'm proud to invest in Hannah's commitment to sourcing ethical ingredients and creating a product that I personally love and that has a holistic approach to wellness. I believe in her and I believe in her company. I I love this woman. You know, Megan said, Hannah, I don't know where you been, but I know where you going. What a money reside. What a money reside. What a money reside. What a money reside. And y'all, we done come a long way from talking about clothes and outfits and hats and things of that nature. Oh, we beyond that. We've been beyond that, really. Even when Megan was still a royal, we were far beyond that. But, like, can you imagine Megan going back to that existence after being, like, a venture capitalist? I personally can't see it. Not after all the dragons she slayed and all the groundwork that's been laid for all of her philanthropic endeavors. She's just on to bigger and better things. So I look forward to seeing all of the different companies that she ultimately invests in, she and Harry, and seeing how that will impact the lives and businesses of these female entrepreneurs. It's it's going to be a, a net positive, all positive probably, but businesses have their ups and downs, but certainly fewer downs if the capital is there. And it's good to see Megan filling in that gap. So in in the ways that she can, you know, Celtic Squad has so many groups, you know, book club, cooking club, you know, exercise club. What about an investors club? I think that would be um, knowledge that our group is, is just primed to benefit from. Certainly somebody out there has the expertise. Personally, I've been a swing trader for about 10 or 12 years. And that's just, you know, swing trading is basically where you buy stock 
and you hold on to them for a few days, from a few days to a few weeks. So not long term, but not day trading. I've been doing that for years, in addition to having a long term trading account. But I know so many people would like to learn about not necessarily swing trading, but just different um, aspects within the market, you know, whether it's sectors. This year has been very interesting to see which sectors have done best in the pandemic and then which were a little more depressed. Go and get your airline stock now because those stocks are going to go up and they have gone down. So just like that type of stuff as an example. Um, Or just learning about different types of markets because we are a global community. So um, I think that would really be interesting. So somebody that that idea is put out there, that would that would be something I would help promote and follow and plug uh, just because that's sort of like my one of my personal interests and have been for some time. So um, just a thought. Because I am short on time, I must say that that is pretty much all I have for today. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Make sure you guys are taking care of yourselves. Um, Set fam over over at Patreon. I have not forgotten about you guys. (laughs) I know I haven't posted over there in a while. um, But starting in January, I'm going to be sending you guys some mugs to enjoy your lattes. So please, you know, if you're you're into the the clever blends. But if you're... um, watching this or listening to this on your your device uh dm me at patreon so i'll know where to look for your messages uh your address so and i'll post a message there as well but um so that i can send you your very own sussex set podcast mug i've been meaning to do that it's just that time has been so short and as you can understand this year has been crazy okay so That's that. And I guess the leftover ones I will uh, send to whoever decides to join the channel here. I'm pretty much going to post the same extra content at Patreon and for uh, the channel memberships here. So whoever get whoever joins in, whatever I have, I'll send out to to you guys as well. Um, I will just need your address. And I am bringing back the short form content on YouTube where I just make like the 10 to 15 minute videos every once in a while because there's just a lot of stuff that I don't get to on the podcast that I still want to talk about, but that, you know, it doesn't take too long to record because everything that I do is pre-recorded. And so I just post it without the live chat. Uh, That's coming back. And then some of the extra stuff I will also be posting. Guys, if I don't make another video before... Christmas, which is, chances are I probably won't, (laughs) for real, like, let's let's just be real about it. Uh, I might make one before New Year's, though. But hey, take care of yourselves. Enjoy your Christmas. I'm not sure what your Christmas or your holiday season looks like compared to every other year. But I know this one is unique for most of us. Um, Please be safe out there. You know, more than anything, if you're in in America, social distance, we're going through a crazy spike and winter is just going to look bleak for for so many people. So uh, do the best you can to take care of yourselves. And I will do the same on my end and choose kindness where we can, because that's all we can do. And hey, don't forget. It's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going. And one thing I do know is where I'm going, and that's to... What a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside, what a money reside. So until next time, 
Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.